Hello and welcome to the Long John Sports Podcast with your host, Joseph Camperman. Today is episode two, NFL Free Agency, QB Dilemmas, and the 2023 NFL season. We're going to get jumped right into it. Good evening, everyone, and thanks for joining me. As right now, as I'm filming this, it is 5.30 or 5.26 to be specific on Monday afternoon. And one of the big topics in free agency is... The NFL signings that have gone on today that is going to absolutely rock the sports world as usual. And I'm going to try to keep you as up to date as possible. But I will note that when this airs on Tuesday morning, there are probably going to be many more signings, including some as I'm on this podcast. So I'm going to try to keep as up to date as possible on everything. I'm incredibly excited to get into this episode. And so I'm going to get started on topic one, NFL free agency news pertaining to the Eagles. Topic one titled Eagles free agency news. So diving into it, (laughs) this day has just gone crazy. So I am still trying to wrap my mind around it. I had an awesome weekend at a concert, got came home to even some more awesome news in regards to the Eagles. Um, And we're going (laughs) to, I'm going to dive right into it right now. So the first topic that I'm going to discuss within this topic is the Eagles decided not to franchise tag C.J. Gardner-Johnson on Tuesday by the deadline last Tuesday, which essentially means both him and James Bradbury are headed for free agency, leaving a major gaping hole at defensive back, whether that's safety or cornerback. So Bradbury stated over the weekend that the Eagles were interested in bringing him home and wanted the opportunity to match any offer he may receive. And we're going to get on. I'm going to talk about this more as we get into the NFL free agency news. But that's a good that's a good sign. It's a sign that Bradbury could get be back, especially leading into my next topic within this. The subtopic within this topic is rumors have it that the Eagles are trying to make a push to sign C.J. Gardner Johnson. And the market may not be as hot as a lot of people think. And the reason why is because a lot of general managers are viewing the NFL draft as a deep draft for safeties. Now that could be a smoke screen to try to drive down player prices that frequently happens during the NFL free agency season. You're going to see a lot of smoke screens, screens pop screens pop up over the next couple of weeks leading up to the draft. It happens all the time. So one of the biggest things is when I an- analyze this is they have interest in bringing both of these guys back. It's just whether they can and that, you know, I'm going to talk about later on in the show, the Jane, the Jalen Hurts contract situation does have a huge part to play in this. So the difficult part about all of this is the Eagles don't really know how much money they have to play with unless they have an offer on the table that we've not heard as fans, as news reporters, that they whether they have an offer on the table with Jalen Hurts or not. If they do, maybe they know what type of money they're working with, but it is a little bit of a situation that is in limbo right now. And on top of all of this, Friday the Eagles announced that they have granted Darius Slay, their starting corner, permission to seek a trade. And this is partially in fact because of his $26 million cap hit that he has due this year. Now, they could opt to release Darius Slay for $17 million in cap space while taking on the rest in dead cap, or they could elect to extend him, which is what Darius Slay wants. And so the Eagles are now in this situation where they've got to decide, do we extend Darius Slay at his age, which I think would be a good idea at the right price? And that's what the Eagles are 
are arguing. Now, that was announced on Friday. The part that's interesting is Jalen Ramsey was traded to the Dolphins for a third-round pick and a tight end who was drafted last year who didn't catch a pass. So does Jalen Ramsey's trade set the market for how much the Eagles could receive? Because I would argue that because of the age, Darius Slay is not going, first of all, for anything higher than a third-round pick because of his cap, and he'd have to be willing to sign a new deal, which he will. If he goes to another team, there's no bad blood between the Eagles and Darius Slay. But the difficult part about all of this is right now, as we speak, that has been a sort of cause of question is whether or not Jalen Ramsey's contract was going to force them to trade him. And now they did. And so I my my thought is the Eagles now could not get anything more than a fourth-round pick for him, and I can't see that being worth it. He is a good cornerback. He should be a starting cornerback on every team, and he would be. In my opinion, they've got to work out a deal to extend him, to spread out that guaranteed money and or that cap hit. And Well, it wouldn't be guaranteed money, but to spread out that cap hit, they need to extend it to a new deal. He wants to be expended, extended to a new deal. My thought is after the Jalen Ramsey trade, it definitely made that more of a realistic possibility because of the fact that they're not going to get us anything more than a third-round pick for him. And at this stage, I can't see them accepting that unless they have an interest in bringing back James Bradbury. Now, they could opt to bringing back James Bradbury and, and, trading, Jaylen, uh, and trading Darius Slay. On a positive note <laughs> – all defensive back talk aside, the Eagles announced they would be signing – they are signing Brandon Graham, Eagles defensive end, to a one-year $6 million deal, which guarantees he is returning for a 14th season in Philadelphia. This was such, such good news. Um, incredibly ecstatic about this. Graham is the heart and soul of that defense. He never – he didn't take the money. He could have probably gotten a one-year or a two-year $20 million deal. I don't doubt that he could have been making more than $6 million elsewhere, but he chose to stay with the Eagles. My guess is they either work out another one-year deal next year or this is his last year, which would be sad, but I'm incredibly excited to announce that he will be returning for a 14th season in Philadelphia. Moving on to Eagles players and who they're losing in free agency. We already know three players have changed today alone. And I'm refreshing my phone right now to make sure that there's no other information. And right now, well, there is some more information in regards to some free agency news, but we'll get to that here later. TJ Edwards just announced today signing with the Chicago Bears. Three years, $19.5 million deal with $12 million guaranteed. It was very, very tough to lose TJ Edwards. This was a tough one. He was probably one of my favorite defensive players who really wasn't talked about enough. He did a lot of good things for the Eagles the last couple of years. That is a relatively cheap deal, and I believe the Bears are getting a steal. But if you look at the amount of money that's guaranteed, a lot of people were asking, or at least I was looking through comments today, it's very difficult to have, see him sign for that type of a deal and not have the Eagles try to match it at least. But I think ultimately we're going to know a lot about this in the next week. Next week is going to be incredibly exciting. I will probably dedicate – the entire episode to free agency and maybe add on the Jalen Hurts contract situation again if something's changed. But with that being said, I have a feeling the Eagles just don't aren't prioritizing linebacker, and I'm going to get to that later. Number two, Jonathan Hargrave. 
just Javon Hargrave, sorry, just signed with the 49ers, four-year, $84 million deal with $40 million guaranteed. That 49ers D-line is absolutely stacked. You've got Eric Armstead and Javon Hargrave in the middle of the D-line with Joey Bo- um, with Nick Bosa on the defensive end. And then you've got Fred Warner, Trey Greenlaw. It's just unbelievable, that defense and what they're building. Um, that was a... That was a wow. I did not think of all the teams that would sign Javon Hargrave. I did not think the 49ers would be in play. But drum roll, everyone. Best news of the day. Best news of the flipping week. Maybe best news of the year thus far. Jason Kelsey just announced today that he will be returning for a 13th season with the Eagles guaranteeing that the Eagles had their O-line relatively intact. We'll get to that later. But breaking news, everyone, Jason Kelsey is back in Philadelphia, and I am incredibly excited about this. This was a great, 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 great way to come home to this news. Cam Jurgens more than likely is going to fill the hole that's left by Simololo at right guard. So the line will look as of right now, unless something happens like this. You've got Malata at left tackle. You've got... Um, Landon Dickerson at left guard, Jason Kelsey center, right guard Cam Jurgens, and right tackle Lane Johnson. I'm telling you guys, that line may be better. If Assuming no injuries happen, that line could be better, and that is a great thing for the Eagles and a scary thing for opposing defenses. Now, going into some potential replacement options, and I'm not going to harbor on this too long because so much could change even in the next minutes. Um, this is what we're looking at right now. Javarin Hargrave has departed, like almost all of us thought. D-lines cost too much to pick up in free agency. The only way I could see the Eagles potentially making a move on a defensive lineman, if it's a veteran guy, maybe a Fletcher Cox bringing back, or another guy who's going to return for one more year, maybe like an Adamican Sue or, or Linval Joseph, maybe something towards the end of free agency, beginning of the – um, training camp or OT or oh, sorry, beginning of OTAs or training camp. I just don't see them filling that with a veteran until they know what the what the level of interest with other teams are. Because right now the market is just so hot for D linemen. I just don't see them signing a guy to replace TJ Edwards. This is the difficult part. I would love to see them bring back Kazir White to keep that linebacker core somewhat intact. But they drafted. Um, Nicobe Dean in the third round last year. And this is very, very difficult because Nicobe Dean is going to start. I can almost guarantee you that. And Hassan Reddick plays their other linebacker position. So they have a gaping hole at either middle linebacker or the linebacker position that I assume Nicobe Dean would play. Kazir White would fill that need at middle linebacker, but he's still pretty highly rated as a linebacker. So some options that the Eagles could decide to go with more veterans, similar like they did last year with Kazir White, would be to get a guy like Bobby Wagner from – he was a free agent, and so as well as Levante David. Both of those guys had relatively good seasons last year. It shouldn't cost very much. I just don't know if they would cost more than Kazir White. And I'm, out of all those three options, I wouldn't really be unhappy if any of those guys became a starter for us. Um, I just – ultimately, they may have to draft someone because – they just don't value linebacker as much as we would probably want them to as fans, but they've got to pick their they've got to pick their signings, and I just don't see linebacker as a high need. Even though it is a need, it's not going to be on their on their radar <laughs> unless something completely changes. Looking at Miles Sanders, Sanders, I don't see him coming back. 
Um, they could go for a cheaper option in the draft or perhaps get a player like Kareem Hunt. There's a few running backs out there. Even David Montgomery is an option. I just – Kenneth Gainwell is, is a guy that they're wanting to roll forward with. They are losing Boston Scott and Miles Sanders, so I would presume they're going to draft someone as potentially pick up a free agent running back. But it just right now, it's – I think defensive back is where they're sort of going when they call, talk – when you think about splitting – when you think about who they're potentially going to um, – and I'm just getting notification right now that the Eagles have re-signed O-lineman Brett Toth. That's not very splashy news. but um, <laughs> So with that being said, Gardner-Johnson – Focusing on the defensive backs, I just don't see Miles Sanders being a top priority unless, and this is another option in another conversation for another day, unless the Eagles decide, you know what, we're going to go and we're going to give Miles Sanders a one or two year contract and he would have to agree to it because he may decide to return with the Eagles and wait for next year when maybe the free agent class of running backs or potential running backs available for a trade is not as High Because right now it looks like Dalvin Cook and Austin Eckler was just announced today, by the way, is now requested a trade. If both of those guys go to other teams, is there going to be a huge need? And so that's an interesting question. I could see Miles Sanders signing with a team like the Carolina Panthers. You heard it from him here. They lost um, Christian McCaffrey. He's nowhere near on the same level as McCaffrey, but he's a good receiving back and he's a great running back. So that would be an interesting one. Um, and as to someone who lives in North Carolina, I wouldn't entirely be opposed to seeing him sign with the Panthers, even though I don't like them. Moving on to the end of the Eagles DBs, um, right now it looks like if Gardner Johnson leaves in free agency, which I'm really hoping he doesn't, maybe the Eagles go out and they get a guy like Jordan Poyer. He's a lot, he's quite a few years older than the, um, than, um, Gardner Johnson. He's probably not as good in my opinion, but he could be able to get him for maybe a little bit cheaper. Um, I'm going to talk about this now because this will make a whole lot more sense. Um, but it was announced today <laughs> that Jesse Bates signed with the Falcons for four year $64 million deal. So that nets him at about $16 million. A, um, uh, it nets him about $16 million a year. Um, that's a lot of money to pay a safety. I just, I think that he's probably set the, set the bar. So the question is, does Gardner Johnson sign for that much and would the Eagles bring him back for 16 million or could they get a guy like Poyer maybe for a little bit cheaper? He, he wasn't Eagle before the Eagles drafted him. They made a mistake letting him go. That's a difficult one. I think Marcus Epps stays with the team and here's why, because a lot of people believe Marcus Epps could be the next Jordan Poyer and have a great season or a great career with another team. So I think the Eagles bring him back. It's just question is, what price can they bring it back at? And it's just, it's, this is such a difficult time as an Eagles fan because you want them to spend these money to bring back their key starters, but they're going to have to pick and choose with the impending Jalen Hurts contract situation. And I know it's going to frustrate people, but at the end of the day, he is your future. He is your franchise. Build around him in the draft and sign those key free agents. I saw something on Instagram today that really put it in perspective. They said, remember, a splashy trade is, a splashy signing is not always the best signing. A smart signing is the best signing. And the Eagles made some great smart signings last year, Kazir White being one of them, James Bradbury, Gardner Johnson trade. Those guys were key signings, and they can do that again this year if they play it wisely. Moving on, Bradbury, I believe, is going to leave in free agency. I really think the Eagles keep will find a way to keep straight Darius Slay. I could be completely wrong. But if they do, it does, does leave him. If he does leave the Eagles, my guess is 
that James Bradbury gets replaced by someone in the draft, whether that's Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon or Witherspoon out of Illinois. I talked about this last week. Those are my top two corners that I would like them to pick. They could ultimately trade back and pick a guy like Joey Porter um, Jr. or yeah, Joey Porter Jr. from Penn State. That's a p- potential as well. I, I had put, as I was writing the notes here, Jamel Dean as a replacement option for the Eagles, and he was probably the top cornerback on the market this year besides James Bradbury. And he just, it was just announced that Jamel Dean has re, has signed with the, um, with the, um, see now I'm, I'm looking at this right now. Um, the Eagle, the Seahawks breaking news just signed, um, just released Shelby Harris, who was acquired in the Russell Wilson trade. I also see right now that it looks like Jamel Dean has taken a deal with the Buccaneers, four-year deal, and my thought is, okay, if that's the case that he's taken a four-year deal with the Buccaneers, does that mean anything potentially has changed with the Eagles um, in bringing back James Bradbury? Jamel Dean looks like he's re-signed a four-year, and if you guys give me one minute, I will see Jamel Dean is four-year, $52 million deal. That's only about $12 million or $13 million a year. That's not terrible. Could the Eagles match it? I think it could be more likely they keep Bradbury over Johnson after seeing some of these deals that I will go into right after this last topic of this topic, number one. Isaac Simuolo will leave in free agency almost 100%. He is the right guard for the Philadelphia Eagles, and I really think they're going to fill it by filling it with one – fill that opening by filling it with – a person they traded last, uh, they they drafted last year in the second round in Cam Jurgens Center out of Wisconsin, I believe. He is a Philly favorite already because Jason Kelsey has endorsed him essentially, and he will take over for Jason Kelsey when he retires. But right now, I think he's going to slot in and play right guard, and I think he's going to do really well. So that's enough talking about Eagles free agency news. <laughs> Today is being crazy in the NFL already, and that's what topic two is going to discuss, NFL free agency trade news. So I'm going to go through some notes here, briefly touch on them. I can make an entire show about this. I will make an entire show about this next week, and I will discuss all of the crazy things that have happened that will continue to happen, I can guarantee you, over the next couple of days, and it's a fun time to be a fan of the NFL. This is one of the best times of the year. So... Number one, Daniel Jones signed his four-year, $160 million deal with the Giants last week. That brings keeps him in um, in New York and basically gives the New York a roadmap similar to like what the Eagles are trying to get with Jalen Hurts. He's going to get $40 million a deal, year deal. I think that's way too much money. Um, but ultimately, he did the Eagles a favor in a way because I think Jalen Hurts will end up settling for something in the $45 million a year deal. And ultimately, now both teams are sort of you know, we've got now the Giants, the Cowboys, and potentially the Eagles that would be, you know, have these big quarterback contracts. So that definitely bodes well for being able to all teams equally build because now they're all potentially going to be at the same place when it comes to draft, um, when it comes to um, cap space. Saquon Barkley signed his franchise work. They slapped the franchise tag on Saquon Barkley last um, last week as well, running back for the New York Giants, guaranteeing he will stay in New York for at least one more year while they work out a long-term deal potentially with him. Geno Smith, three-year, $105 million deal. This was a great deal. This pretty much rules out the Seahawks getting a quarterback at their first in their, with their first-round pick. I would be shocked if they get one now. He essentially is going to potentially be their bridge guy because of his age. 
I think they honestly don't even look to draft one until next year. They may even trade back in the draft just so they can continue to collect draft picks and plan for the future. Very happy for Gino. It was really cool. I saw a stat last week that said Gino made, like I think I want to say, he made like $17 million career earnings, and he's going to make like way more than that just one year. <laughs> so that's really cool for him. Moving on, Tony Pollard, franchise tagged by the um, Cowboys. This essentially murkies the water even more so in regards to the Ezekiel Elliott running back situation because now they've got two running backs that are making a lot of money. Does this mean Ezekiel Elliott gets cut or traded? That is a real possibility now because of the fact that I highly doubt they keep both running backs on the roster at that price unless Ezekiel Elliott accepts a um, cut. Moving on to probably the biggest trade news of the weekend, and that is the Panthers trade with the Chicago Bears. It was announced Friday afternoon, it's Friday evening, that Carolina was sending wide receiver DJ Moore, their ninth pick, the 61st pick this year, which is a second round pick, a first round pick next year, and a second round pick in 2025 for the first overall pick. So essentially, the Carolina Panthers, to move up in the draft, sent next year's first round, DJ Moore, a second round in this year, and a second round in 2025. A brief reaction on that, I think it's a really, really good trade. I, I, I take the role of this. A lot of people disagree with me on this, but I actually tend to think that this trade benefits the Eagles. I mean the Eagles. It benefits the Panthers more than a lot of fans believe. Essentially, they have their future now. They may actually even be able to trade back if they they could even trade back with someone like the Colts and get maybe a first round pick back. Who knows? I have a feeling they're not going to stay at number one. I'm not a feeling. They may not stay at number one. I think that they could, but the roadmap now is in front of them. They either trade out of that first round pick, which has happened before, and get more picks back, or they say, you know what? We're going to trade. Let's say they say, you know what? We like Stroud or Young. We're going to trade with the, the Texans and get maybe a second round or a first round pick back just to move back one. And no one would be complaining about that if they like both of those guys. So that's an interesting situation. Moving on, Deron Payne, Washington Commanders, D lineman, re-signed with the Washington Commanders, four-year, $90 million deal. I'm going to keep going through these. Jawan Taylor, signed from the Jaguars with the Chiefs, four-year, $80 million deal. He is going to further up the offensive linemen as they're losing Orlando Brown. Um, and Orlando Brown more than likely will sign with another team. But I, I don't know if there's much of a drop-off between Jawan Taylor and Orlando Brown. So the Chiefs just absolutely forked out a lot of money because they're trying to keep their guy, Patrick Mahomes, safe back there. And I did get a, a notification while I was on the phone that while I was filming this, that it looks like the commanders have signed Wiley. Um, the I'm looking right now. The commanders have signed Wiley, the free agent lineman who used to play for the Chiefs. Um, I'm trying to think of his first name, and I'm going to pull that up right here as we're talking. So that is interesting information because that potentially makes it even more of a need at O-line for the Chiefs than they already filled. Moving on, um, Tremaine Edmonds, linebacker for the Buffalo, Buffalo Bills, signed with the Bears today, four-year, $72 million deal. The Bears have gone out and they have shored up that linebacker core and getting TJ Edwards from the Eagles and Tremaine Edmonds from the Bears, uh, Bills. That is going to be one heck of a linebacker core. 
Jawan Taylor signed with the Chiefs. Sorry, not Jawan Taylor. Mike McGlinchey signed with the Broncos from right tackle for the San Francisco 49ers. He signed with the Broncos. Five-year, $87.5 million deal. And I, <laughs> Benjamin Camperman from the Camper Report and my brother, an avid 49ers fan, go check out his um, – his YouTube channel. He's got great content, but him and I just spoke right before hopping on this show and he is laughing and I am laughing too. This is what happens. Teams overpay for O-linemen. If you saw Mike McGlinchey play last year, he was one of the top right tackles in free agency, but he was not a top right tackle in the NFL and he just got serious money. Five year, $87 million, half million dollar deal. I think that is going to turn out to be an awful mistake by the Broncos. I, I just, they don't have first-round picks, so I understand that they need to shore up that line, but I just don't see that being a good move. Um, they also got another lineman as well that I'm not, I can't focus on every single free agent signing, so I'm not going to focus on that. But um, it looks like um, free agent, Eagles free agent, offensive tackle, left tackle, Andre Dillard is signing with the Tennessee Titans. He is going to replace their left tackle, um, and I'm trying to think of his name. N name is slipping me right now, but he will ultimately be replacing the uh, – I'm trying to think of his name. He's replacing the left tackle that um, that they recently released last week. So that's that's – I hate to be jumping around here, but I did promise you guys I was going to try to keep up today as we're filming – as I'm filming this. So moving on from Mike McGlinchey and that whole O-line situation, Jesse Bates, as I just spoke, signed with the Falcons from the Bengals, four-year, $64 million deal, ultimately setting the safety market for this year's free agency. Cameron Sutton, one of the better linebacker, um, better cornerbacks on the market, he signed with the Lions for a three-year, $33 million deal. And the question that I have here is, does this set the cornerback market for Bradbury? We've got, we've got the Jamel Dean signing and the Cameron Sutton signing, they're all around 11 to 13 million. I think that really puts the roadmap out for the Eagles and what they could give Bradbury. And who knows? Maybe he chooses to stay in. I think Jamel Dean probably could have signed for more. So that could be that maybe Bradbury takes a hometown discount as well. We'll see. Remains to be seen how much in, in how much information. I mean, how much uh, how much he's willing to take or how much influence and attraction he has from other teams. Moving on to another cornerback, Jonathan Jones, the Patriots cornerback, just signed back with them, re-signed with them, two-year, $20 million deal. So I really think, like I said, the market's set out for the Eagles. More than likely, they're going to be sign, um, signing Bradbury, if they can, to a deal anywhere from 10 to $14 million. To me, it's a good move. I think you've got to bring him back, try to restructure Brad Slay. There's a real possibility that we, we're looking at the same two cornerbacks playing for the Eagles. I don't think it's a possibility, but there's a real possibility. <laughs> so moving on, the final topic in this topic number two, NFL free agency trades and um, free agency and NFL trades. Jimmy Garoppolo has signed with the, um, with the Oakland Raiders. He has signed a base value of a $72.75 million deal including 24.25 in year one with the Oakland with the Las Vegas Raiders, sorry. An $11.25 million roster bonus on the third day of the 2024 league year is guaranteed. So Jimmy Garoppolo is essentially getting – becoming Las Vegas' starter for two years at $48.5 million. For $24 million a deal a year, this is a very, very good signing for the Las Vegas Raiders. The real question is, does this mean that they get a guy like Will Levis? Or does this mean – 
you know, now the Panthers could be kicking themselves because I think a lot of the thing is the Panthers didn't want to get the fourth best corner, quarterback in the draft. And I think they were afraid that they were probably going to be stuck with Levis at nine. And I think Levis is not sliding down draft boards. But this really – this makes the waters even more muddy for the NFL, for any NFL team that wants a quarterback because right now Jimmy Garoppolo is off the market now. So now does this mean that potentially the Buccaneers pursue a guy like um, – a guy like um, – uh, a guy like Baker Mayfield, or do the Buccaneers try to get into moving down to the first round and get a quarterback? It's so it's very interesting because ultimately Will Levis can now slip out of the top ten, and you can have a guy like the Jets or the Commanders pursue him when they wouldn't even potentially need to move up in the draft. So this is very interesting. I still could see the Las Vegas Raiders getting a guy like Will Levis with pick not seven, but it, it, it's becoming less likely because of the amount of money they're paying Jimmy Garoppolo. But if you have a lot of money to spend, it's not the worst worst move, getting a quarterback and letting him sit for a year or two. But essentially, they're going to be losing $24 million in guaranteed money if they cut him next year. So not guaranteed money, but but close to it. So moving on. A lot of focus on the NFL free agency. I could ultimately dedicate an entire show today on that. I'm refreshing my phone as we speak to see if there's any more information on free agents before we go. And I will say that right now it looks like Titans, Titans offensive guard Nate Davis has just signed with the Bears two hours ago for three years, $30 million deal. Uh, Jermaine Pratt is is re-signing with the Bengals. He's a linebacker for three years, $21 million. Trying to think of Sam Darnold, who is a free agent. I expected him to return back to the Panthers. He is going to the 49ers on a one-year deal. He joins Brock Purdy and Trey Lance. I figured something was going to happen with them bringing in a veteran QB, and they did that, in fact. Patrick Peterson signed with the Steelers. Um, Let me think. Von Bell signed with the Panthers. He's the safety. Kept Patrick Peterson, the cornerback, who played for the Vikings last year. Case Keenum is, is signing... Be signing with the, he's a QB. Signing with the Texans, he will be he will join Davis Mills and most likely a rookie QB. So that is it for topic number two. That's a lot of information to digest. Incredibly excited to move on to topic number three, which is the Lamar Jackson saga. So Lamar Jackson in December was reportedly turned down a two a two hundred a deal up to two hundred million dollars. And a lot of people criticized it, didn't criticize it at the time because a lot of people felt like you could get guaranteed money like the Deshaun Watson um, signing last year by the Cleveland Browns. This is the interesting part about Lamar Jackson is the Ravens announced on Tuesday that they placed the non-exclusive franchise tag on Jackson. This all essentially opens the door for a lot of teams to make offers for the superstar QB. And I know I posted this on my Instagram page. Check out my weekly news reports on the Long John podcast. If you guys haven't done so already, it's on Instagram every Sunday it airs. So in week two, I announced this topic and essentially the NFL teams would have to spend any NFL team wanting to trade for Jackson would have, if they gave him, if the, um, if the, essentially this is how really what it boils down to is if NFL teams spend their 2023, sorry, if they want to sign Lamar Jackson, they have to sign him to a deal And if the Ravens decide not to match it, an NFL team would have to give up their 2023 and 2024 first-round picks. However, if that team didn't have a 2023 first-round pick, like the 49ers or the Dolphins, they could negotiate a sign-in trade with the Ravens to acquire Jackson without using an offer sheet. Now, how that works is this. 
if you didn't have a first round pick this year, you could trade. I think what it does is it sets the bar at two first round picks. If you don't have one this year, you trade 2024 and 2025. So essentially, it's not like they're going to get in for cheaper. That is the baseline. Now, here's the interesting part. Before all of this free agency news came out, the Falcons, Panthers, Commanders, Dolphins, and Raiders all announced that they are not going to pursue the star QB. Now, this could be a bluff to essentially make sure he doesn't go for anything higher than those two first-round picks. But that's the interesting part. Well, now the Raiders signed Jimmy Garoppolo. In the last, since last week's episode, the Raiders signed Garoppolo today, the Panthers trade for the number one pick on um, Friday, and the Dolphins pick up the fifth-year option for Tua over the weekend. So now, that removes really three teams out of the playoff, out of the race, unless the Dolphins were to ship Tua to, um, to the, um, with the Ravens, which is a possibility, but... Right now, in my opinion, the only people that are potentially in place still are the Washington Commanders. They just spent a whole lot of money on Deron Payne. I doubt it, but their defense alignment. The Commanders and the Falcons and the Jets. Those three guys are, teams are still in the mix. But they've, the Falcons have already said, and the Commanders have already said, they're not interested. And the Jets just are almost on the verge of, re-sign, of signing or trading for Aaron Rodgers. So, guys, this is very, very interesting information. I don't know what's going to happen, but I just know one thing for sure. The NFL is going to pick up steam as far as a player news over the next 48 hours. We should have a lot of clarity on this situation, especially if Rodgers goes to the Jets, whittling down the pool of interest for Lamar Jackson. And the real question is this. Do the Ravens have the ability to mend the Rocky relationship? If not, where will he land? And I've already said there's not a whole lot of options anymore. I think the Ravens are at one of two points. Ship him for something that's cheap, which they're not going to, or resign him. I think now NFL teams have put the Ravens in a predicament because they don't have a massive pool of people who would want him. In my opinion, I think he resigns with the Ravens or he signs or he signs. uh, Maybe, I don't know. Could a one-year deal be in? It'd be almost insulting. And I think, this Rocky relationship is only going to get worse if they come out with him with another piss poor deal. Um, it's just, it's just not going to happen. So, so moving on to topic number four, the Jalen hurts contract situation. So this is a very, very interesting one because the giants re-signed Daniel Jones and the Seahawks re-signed Geno Smith. I would think that Jalen hurts is next in line for a deal. Obviously since I posted on, on Sunday, Jimmy Garoppolo has also signed a deal. Reports have surfaced over the last two weeks, specifically heated up and surfacing the last week, that the negotiations are going well. So as an Eagles fan, I am I'm at peace. This situation is going to take time. Both sides are in agreement with the price, and it's ultimately it's going to take time for them to work out a deal. Now, here's the interesting part. In the beginning of this show, I explained that the Eagles were waiting on the Jalen Hurts um, contract to basically see who they could pursue in free agency. The flip side is they could be taking their time to see who they're able to retain a free agency to determine how much money they will have left to spend on this year on the French, on the Eagle, on Jalen Hurts' tab. Now, here's the deal. A lot of people don't realize this, but he's still playing on this year's deal. If he doesn't, if he plays on this year's deal and has a stellar season, they could slap the franchise tag on him next year. I don't think they're going to do that, but that's still a possibility. So a lot of people, I think it's important to realize that he's not a free agent right now. He's not a free agent tomorrow. They have a year to work out a deal. 
But we saw what happened with the Ravens last year. Because of the Deshaun Watson trade, it's difficult to envision a a scenario where the Eagles wait because the Deshaun Watson trade basically set the bar for guaranteed money for a guy like Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson that gets an offer in the summer, turns it down because he wants more guaranteed money, has somewhat of an injury-plagued season but still performs really well. The Ravens missed the playoffs, and all of a sudden now we're where we are today. Lamar Jackson is at a stalemate, won't sign his contract because he wants more guaranteed money, and now they just put a tag on him that basically says, hey, teams, he's up for sale. I don't think the Eagles are going to do any of that, but I think that they could very well have a game plan in place to extend this one more year by slapping the franchise tag on him. Ultimately, my take is I think the Eagles should sign Hurts to a 10-year deal, very similar to the deal that was made with Patrick Mahomes. This gives the ability for the Eagles to spread out guaranteed money over a few years. And remember, the longer the deal is, the more money you can keep restructuring. And of course, the Eagles have restructured many veteran contracts over the year. One in particular that they're still paying on is Brandon Brooks, who has not played for the Eagles for a few years, and he's still paying in this year. So that is a possibility. You sign into a long 10-year deal, spreads out the guaranteed money, backloads the contract, um, with more money to spend in the first few years, and then the player makes more money. So an example of this is Patrick Mahomes' contract. Patrick Mahomes made $35 million last year. That's insanely low for a quarterback of his caliber. He's making more, like $49 million this year. I believe he's going to restructure his contract or already has to give them more ability to play with in free agency. He's making $44 million next year, $46 million the year after, $41 the year after, and $59 in 2027. Now, that would be six years into his deal. I didn't decide to go into the other four years. But a good example is year seven, his contract starts getting crazy big. But by that point, the NFL salary is going to get bigger. He may restructure or extend his contract, depending on where he is at with the Chiefs. So it just gives you the ability to say, you know what, we're going to restructure your contract, push this money down the road, give us more money to be able to compete for Super Bowl rings. Super Bowl rings brings in cheap free agents and starts the circle over again. So um, I am incredibly excited, and I am believe the Eagles should go all in on Hurts. I think a majority of the league believes that as well, especially when you look at this Lamar Jackson situation. I think no Eagles fan wants to see the the Eagles wait for him them to re-sign him, but it is very important that they make a smart decision that benefits the team and benefits Hurts because he's a great individual and you want to keep him along for, around for a long time. Well, guys, I try to keep these topics, uh, these, these podcasts for the first few weeks. I'm going to try to keep them under an hour um, because I really believe in getting you guys straight to the point information. I want to start expanding some topics, but I'm going to move into topic number five, which is a very interesting one. If you're a fan of the NFL, you always are looking forward to who your opponents are next year, especially for someone who likes to attend a game every year. I try to look at, you know, who are we playing at home? Who are we playing away? What's the closest place for me to try to visit my team? Typically last year, you know, the closest place was going up to Philadelphia that I felt like was reasonable. Um, so that's where I went. I went and watched the Packers game last year at home with some friends. It was great with my brother and a friend of mine. It was a very, very fun time. So moving into topic number five, I'm going to refresh my phone again and make sure there's no more hot topic free agency news. So as we're talking about it, uh-oh, 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 this is not good. No, Marcus Epps just signed with the Las Vegas Raiders two minutes ago. This is not good. Depending on the money, we don't know the money yet. I'm trying to figure out for you guys. Marcus Epps is signing with the 
Las Vegas Raiders. Oh, my word. The Eagles could be losing both Marcus Epps and C.J. Gardner-Johnson. This is huge, huge, huge news. Uh, I feel like some of this episode, I spent a lot of time talking about how I feel like they would um, be re-signing Marcus Epps. Now this is very in- in- interesting. Um, let me try to see if I can pull up some free agency new news. Blah, 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 blah. So let's see. Top 100 NFL free agents 2023. There was a CBS article that was really good to track. You could basically track the top 100 free agents. So now we're going to go and we're going to look and see if we can find Garner Johnson and Marcus Epps. On Bell, Donovan Wilson. There's a lot of safeties on the market right now as we speak. So don't be surprised if the Eagles decide to go with a cheaper option at safety. I know this is going a little bit off the uh, beaten path here um, but and, and off the topic. But I really do like to bring people as much up-to-date information as possible. And, of course, I love my team. So I'm going to try to keep up um, – with the information as I'm on the show for the rest of this. Oh, man, it looks like Marcus Epps, the information has not been released yet. So this is really, really a bummer. Um, If you're an Eagles fan, you're sort of hurting right now because there's a potential that you could have two-year, $12 million. My word. The Raiders just signed the Eagles safety Marcus Epps to a two-year, $12 million deal. This is going to be making people go crazy if you're an Eagles fan. That is such a cheap deal. but does this mean that they bring back a guy like Gardner Johnson and maybe even James Bradbury? It remains to be seen. Incredibly exciting time to be an Eagles fan. So moving on to topic five, five after straying off the beaten path a little bit, the Eagles 2023 opponent analysis. The NFL schedule will not be released for another one and a half months. However, here's a brief analysis on who the Eagles opponents will be this season. Their home opponents will be the Dallas Cowboys, Washington Commanders, New York Giants, Arizona Cardinals, San Francisco 49ers, Buffalo Bills, Miami Dolphins, and Minnesota Vikings. So, their away opponents will be the Dallas Cowboys, Washington Commanders, New York Giants, Los Angeles Rams, Seattle Seahawks, New England Patriots, New York Jets, Kansas City Chiefs, and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I will say of all the very, very difficult teams to play at home, I feel like we are playing more difficult teams at home than we are away, which is nice. We play the Chiefs at home away, and we obviously naturally are going to play the Dallas Cowboys away. You could throw the Seattle Seahawks in there, but aside from that, unless some major changes happen, you play the Dolphins, the Bills, the 49ers, the Dallas Cowboys all at home this year. That's If you're an Eagles fan, you've got to be happy about that. Of the 17 opponents, eight – technically 10 if you count the Cowboys and Giants twice, made the playoffs. So this gives the Eagles ultimately one of the hardest uh, schedules. I mean, depending on how the schedule lays out, it looks like right now eight, well, really 10 of the 17 games are against playoff teams. And I will say this, the Los Angeles Rams could improve. The Commanders could improve. We know we're going to get some improvements out of the New York Jets. This is going to be a very, 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 very tough season. And if the scheduling goes bad, you could see the Eagles have one of the top, uh, most hard schedules in the NFL. And, of course, that's naturally pretty typical after you finish first in your division. You're going to get the first players in the division, first teams in the other respective divisions when you play them. So it's very interesting. If I were to answer right now what who I would like to play week one, it's two people, either a rematch of the – NFC Championship title game, San Francisco versus the 49ers, 
San Francisco versus San Francisco 49ers versus the Philadelphia Eagles at home week one would be absolutely beautiful. More than likely, though, my thought would be, and I think the NFL should do this, Chiefs Thursday night football week one opening kickoff Chiefs-Eagles rematch in Kansas City. I'd hate to play for a third straight year, I believe, on the road, but that would be honestly one of the most epic situations to have to see that. Um, that back and forth nature to see the Kelsey brothers play again one more time, maybe. Um, yeah, and maybe even a potential Super Bowl rematch f- preview for next this coming year. Who knows? So that is it for today. I appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to this podcast. I am refreshing my my app one more time to make sure that there is no more information that I could provide you guys with. But that is it for today. Please check me out on all my socials. You can check me on TikTok and Instagram at the Long John Podcast. Remember, I post weekly sports news on Instagram every Sunday. You can check me out on Twitter at the Long John Pod. Follow me on YouTube where I will post these episodes as well, the Long John Podcast. And you can watch this show episode, this show on Spotify and Apple Music. So Apple Podcasts, please check both of those places out. Give me a like and a subscribe everywhere you can. And again, signing off, it is your host, Joseph Camperman. And I will tell you guys what, in the next 24 hours, it's going to get real. Signing off. Thanks, guys.